I saw the Lord very early on in the, in the meeting, but he came as the roaring lion of Judah. It's amazing how many people have said that and we've sung it. And then I saw the Lord as the lion, you know, the Aslam lion, big. He would be bending forward and he'd just be sniffing and he went around sniffing people. So I said, Lord, what are you doing? And he said, I'm sniffing victory. I'm sniffing victory. Because he is going to have a victorious people. He will have a victorious people that will overcome whatever we need to overcome. So Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit. But come and now speak to the people. Speak to me. Let only what comes out of my mouth be already spoken in heaven from yours. Amen. How many people have gone through a hard time over the last two or three years? Just wave at me. Look at that. It's a majority of people. And uh, I was having a conversation with a nice lady I met for the first time. She was just telling me a little bit about her struggles. I haven't done a thing. Not a thing. It's what you've done. <laughs> and uh, I just want to encourage you because I've got to say spiritually this has been one of the toughest times for me and Heidi. You know, over these last three to four years have been immensely, but these last two years have been spiritually, it's, it's almost brought us to our knees. Um, but we're, we won't go down. I refuse to go down. Uh, I refuse to give up. Um, I refuse it because, you know what? He's in control. He's in charge. And he can do whatever he wants with my life. And I have got no rights. I've got no rights. I can't complain. What have I got to complain about? And that's what I've said. Lord, what have I got? You've, you've saved me from an eternity without your presence. What have I got any rights? I haven't got any, and neither have you. Because you have been crucified with Christ, and that you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You've got no rights. We're not in this to tickle your ears. We're not in this to scratch your back and give you a nice three-point sermon. We're in this to get a body of people prepared for what is coming. We are a body of people that recognize the times and the seasons that we live in. Yes? How many people would have thought back in 2014 that we would be seeing what hap what's happening in Syria? Have we... How many, how many of us would have thought that America would be attacked by Russia? Do you know that's already happened? That's already happened in Syria. It was an open declaration of war against America when over 800 trained Russians attacked a military post armed by the Americans and the Kurds in Syria. Open declaration of war. But it has never been reported in your papers or heard it on your radio, have you? You see, we're living in a time now where everything we do, everything that we say, will be listened to and is being listened to. 
Do not think that there isn't a higher order or a darker place out there, because there is. There is. But, you know, I, I followed that because it was on the day of the, the high school shooting in Miami when this story broke out, but it wasn't reported in papers because they didn't want it on the front page. Because Matthias, the, the, the Secretary of Defence, gets up and he gave Putin a get-out clause. He said to Putin, he said, I recognise that you have mercenaries, never said the Russian army, mercenaries, that how in Syria. But it just so happens that he did kill over 300 of these mercenaries and 500 of them have been treated in Russian hospitals back in Russia. And Trump, whether you like him or not, I, I, I believe he's a man of God. I believe he's God's man for the time. I, you know, I'm, I'm not political, I'm not being political. He said some things, but you know, he, he is the Cyrus of our time. But what amazes me is how much the church has slammed and damned him. How much the church have, have not recognised the seasons and the times that we're living in. They don't. They're dead. They're, they're, you know, because when revival, when revival comes, revival means to blow a breath into something that's dying or dead. We as a church are dead in the UK. The church is silent in the UK. But you know what? God has outstripped and outjumped that because now he is not going to do it in a building or a congregation. He's going to do it in a people. He's going to do it in you and me. I've been born for this time. I've had, in, I've had in the last three or four weeks, I've had encounters, face-to-face, stuff just happening. Um, and it's all been about this time. That this is about to be our time. Because there is darkness, deep darkness, that is going to come on this earth. Huge darkness. But there's going to be a body of people that are going to shine with light. With so much light. And, and, and as this next few days, you're going to hear more and more about this. Um, because there is an unveiling and there is a revealing of who? Jesus. A body of people are going to run around and be Jesus to a broken nation. They're not going to see Andy Tiplady. They're going to see the love of God and the love of Jesus in me as we minister. Not out of ministry. Ministry has lost its shine for me and Heidi a long, long time ago. But I'll tell you what we're in this for. He is going to have a reward because of his suffering. And we are, my, my main purpose is to prepare a body of people for this time. Because Daniel tells us, you know, Daniel, shut up the book. This isn't for you. This is for the end time generation. And this is why many years ago I preached on the whole book of Daniel. Because then the Lord started speaking to me all about this. I thought I was going do lally. I really thought I was losing it. Because I was getting this stuff I didn't know what to do with it. And then suddenly, I was just, when Heidi went out one day and to take Joshua swimming on a, on a Friday afternoon, I remember it so clearly. I was struggling with this. Lord, what am I to do with this? And I was just set that time aside for prayer, for whatever it took, just to hear his voice. And it, was, it took me by shock. 
when the Lord enters in and sits down with me and speaks to me as a man face to face. And he told me some things. But you know one of the things he said to me, the first things he said were, how many places are there in my temple? I went, Lord, I know that. I said, Lord, there's three. He says, the Holy of Holies, there's the inner court, and then the outer court. He said, which is the largest? I said, well, it's where it can fit the most people. It's got to be the outer courts, Lord. He said, that's where most of my people reside, is in the outer courts. Very few have come into the Holy of Holies and having relationship with me. Don't you want to see the Lord face to face? Not just so you can boast about it. Not that at all. It's just so that we can do what he's told us that we're going to do. Because John saw it in Revelation 1. It says, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must take place. You see, God never hides anything. But I love what he says. He will shout out his truths, but he will whisper his secrets. God is about to whisper his secrets on a body of people that will do amazing things. But they'll do it out of one thing. Four-letter word. Love. 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 Not the word that we have put into it out of ministry, out of church. It hasn't worked. But let me tell you something. Let no man touch this glory that's about to come on a body of people. Let no man touch that glory, because they will die. We are physically going to see people like Ananias and Sapphira be carried out of churches, because they dare touch the glory. God won't have it anymore. We've seen it in every revival that man or woman have touched the glory. There's no more of that. That's what the Lord has told me. He's not having it anymore. He's having a body of people that are undone for him. Undone. But there is an unveiling. It is the book of Revelation. Not revelations. Not the plural. It's singular. Revelation. Who's the revelation? Jesus. Jesus is. Jesus is the revelation. He is the spirit of all prophecy. That's what the Bible says. But there is a body of people that will unveil and reveal Jesus to a broken body in amazing ways. Did anyone hear the story of that horrible story up in Cumbria yesterday about the, the man that drove his friend's child in the back of his car? They had an outdoor pursuits business and he had to go to the office and collect something and then he was going to take the child back to the parents. He came out of the shop after doing what he was told. There was no car. He thought the car had been stolen. And so for two hours, the police searched everywhere for this child and the, the stolen car. Two hours later, they found that the car had slipped down the slipway and into the river and had been in there for two, two hours. And here's what the Lord said to me. Because I was thinking, Lord, you know, where were you in that? Where were you in that? And here's what happens. Ian is a doctor. He's been a doctor for many years. And they took him to his hospital up in Cumbria, up in Carlisle. And uh, they tried to resuscitate that child for over four hours. Four hours, they just wouldn't give up. 
But you know what? We're the answer. We're the answer. We'll say, bring that baby here. Bring it to me. And you'll just blow into its mouth. Life will come back to it. Resurrection life. Will, because we are the answer. Not the church, but we are. We will cry. We will say, oh, it should never happen. And we will, because we will consume for love for that child. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. There is a body of people that is going to be the answer to these awful things that have happened to men, women, and children. My heart breaks every time I see a thing about cancer. We've lost too many in this church through cancer. And it breaks my heart when I see pictures of little children who have done nothing wrong, dying of cancer. When I see a whole might, thousands of motorbikes, thousands of motorbikes passing here and it's got the coffin of a, a little eight-year-old boy or nine-year-old boy. And they, they bury him at Grenoside or cremate him there. And there's thousands. You couldn't get there. The whole roads around this area were all closed off. We have got to be the answer. We have got to be the answer. Church, arise and shine. For our time has come. Because we will be a blessed people. We are a favoured people. Do you know the whole of heaven is looking at us now because they have never seen what is about to happen. Never ever seen with what is coming on a body of people. And it won't be one person. It's an army of ordinary people like you and me. And this is my battle cry. This is my battle cry. You know, it says in the Bible that we can raise the dead. We can cleanse the lepers. We can drive out demons. And we can heal the sick. But we can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. And do you know what it says in that? It doesn't tell you how dead they are. Or how long they've been dead. It's the valley of dry bones. I totally believe that we're going to see a body of people that will go to graves, people that have not fulfilled their calling and their destiny and call them out of graves and it's going to happen. Because guess what? It's already happened. It's the law of first mention. If it's happened once in the Bible, God's word is the same yesterday, today and forever. It will happen again. When Jesus died on the cross, how many people came out of the graves? Hundreds. And guess what? I believe two of them were Moses and Joseph. Because they said, come on, Joseph said, carry my bones out of Egypt. And they brought him back. I believe they brought him back to Jerusalem. And guess what? It never told you they died again. <laughs> they didn't taste death again. I believe some of these people are still walking around. Why? Because God can do anything. Why don't we put it such into, into such a religious box? Oh, I can't do, I can't, mm, don't like that bit. Why is he doing it? Because God can. And he's going to do it again. He is going to be victorious again through a body of people like you and me. And that gets me excited because guess what? We're going to see his return. Amen. That should excite us. That should get us out of bed. That should shake off every bit of this world off us. Jesus, you're coming back for me. You're coming. We've got to be excited about that. Why are we just like, oh, Jesus is coming back someday. No, he's coming back 
for his bride, for a bridal company, for a marriage feast. He is coming back. And we have to prepare ourselves. It says the bride has prepared herself, but she is not going to do it by herself. I'm not going to steal your thunder. No, I won't. In Revelation 3, 1 verse 3, I, you know, I'm going through the book of Revelation in our people. Because <laughs> guess why? It says these words. Blessed. Uh, 1, 3, sorry. Did I say 3, 1? 3, 1, 1, 3. Revelations 1, 3. It says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those that read the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. The time of what? The time of my return, the Lord says. It's the time of his return. And as a body of people, I don't understand why we can't get excited about that. And do you know what? I keep saying, I mean, my wife and my little boy, we talk about being martyred. But I get a crown if I'm martyred. I get a crown of glory. And guess what? What can they do to me? I'll just see Jesus quicker. It's simple. It's simple. I'll just see him quicker. I'll see him quicker before you do. But guess what? I will rule and reign with him for a thousand years. On this earth, that's what the Bible says. How many, people, how many of us want to rule and reign with him yeah. on this earth? I do. Now, but you see, I'm shouted down by this. People shout at me, you know, you're a wacko. <laughs> you're crazy. You're this, you're that. You know, but I can't, I'm not going to shut up. Because if they reject me, they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting him. Because he will have the reward of his suffering. He will. Do you think that God is going to finish this with a poof, when he started it with a huge bang? God started the big bang, by the way. But if you think he's going to go and finish it, it says in my Bible that the whole world will see his return. It says in my Bible that angels will be sounding trumpets. That the whole world will see it. That it isn't going to be a silent, secret second coming. <laughs> Shh. Did you not know it was a secret? Because most of the church think, well, one day, boom, I'm out of here. Ooh. I'm on my cloud. I've got my little harp. I'm going to sing songs to the Lord. That the man ready to go. I hate to burst that bubble, but there is no rapture. Not in that sense. Because do you think God would take his body of people out of the biggest battle that they're about to face? Show me anywhere in the word. Anywhere, please, show me anywhere where God has taken his people out of a battle. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Tell that to Joshua. Tell that to uh, Caleb, the crusty old dog. Because that's what it means. Crusty old dog, because he never, he was faithful. Caleb was faithful. Do you know, I, I just, I love, I love reading about the mighty men of valor. I love it, Ben and I and all of the greats. You know, I love it. 
But God is going to return that back to us. We're going to be covered in the day of battle. Cover me, Lord, in the day of battle. For I'm about to do great exploits for those that know their God. We'll do great exploits. This is a rally crawl. Get ready, get armed, mighty men and women of valour. We're going to do great things for him. Not to make this church. I don't care about this church. I care about the people. I love the people. But I don't give two hoots about Bushfire Ministries. I only care what he wants to do through it. I'm, I'm serious about that. And many a time, Heidi and I could have just quite easily just locked those doors and not come back again. Quite easily. I mean, these guys know all about it. But, you know, gone is the time now where it's about our business. Now is the time where it's the king's business. And we will shine. We will shine. In Matthew 13, verse 41, it says, Matthew 13, 41 to 43, the Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. Do you realize, I've seen this in a vision. And I've seen the Lord turn around in a vision and say his cup is overflowing. It's time for his removal. His evil is no more. Go and tell him unless he repents, he's going to die. And I saw this in a vision. I saw the person the Lord was talking to. But he was telling me to go and tell him, unless you repent, you're dying. You've got three days. Because listen, folks, listen, there is a God of love, but there's also a God of justice. He is a just God. He will judge the evil of this world. He will judge the rebellion of this world. He will judge... Mm, I was about to say something, but I thought, no, I'll keep that one stump. I think it's a bit too controversial. But it goes on to say, they will throw them into a burning, a burning furnace. Who's, gonna, who's the they? Who's going to throw these people, these evildoers, into a burning furnace? Is it the God of love? Yeah, it is the God of love. He sends his angels to do it. But look what it says. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, then... So after these things have happened, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Then the righteous will shine. Folks, I, I've been a Christian 30 years, but I wasn't a Christian for 28 of those, the first 28 years of my life. And so I, I know that a little bit on the other side what it's like. And I never thought I would darken the doors of any church. Or any church would have me darken their doors. I was born in 1960. This is 2018. I'm 57. I'm 58 this year. <laughs> I wouldn't expect my no, but I'm just young at heart for you, darling. I forgot what I was going to say. But for the first 28 years, you know, I, I know what it was like on the other side. You know, but when I came into the church, what shocked me most is there was very little difference between the church and the street. I was, I was staggered. Staggered. I went, hey, 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 we're just smothering Jesus and we can carry on how we want. That isn't going to happen anymore. That's not going to happen. You know, 
God will have a body of people that will shine, but they will shine with purity. They will shine with love. They will shine with gentleness. They will shine with kindness. And they will be self-controlled. They, they will have the righteousness of God on them, but they will shine for him because they're not interested in ministry. They're not interested in, the, in getting headline tablets or whatever. They're not interested in being on the internet. They're not interested in on you being on the next thing on YouTube. They're not interested in doing whatever. Because just guess what? I want to say something. You know, I know Mark is going to speak about this, but I see a lot of what's happening in the church, which isn't of God. I see songs that have been sung that aren't from the Lord. I see some of the biggest churches misleading uh, thousands upon thousands of people astray. I remember one guy, remember who, who, if I mention his name, you'd all know him, who turned around and put an article uh, out there. I think he put it on, I don't know, their, their website. doesn't matter. But he put it out and he said, you know what, anybody who reads the book of Revelation are ignorant and misled and puffed up. Well, in my Bible, it says, blessed are those that read the book of Revelation. In my Bible, it says that if they hear it, they're blessed. That's what my Bible says. And guess what? I'm neither puffed up, ignorant, or arrogant. I love the Lord. And if it's his word, I want to know it. And do you know what? It doesn't stagger me. It doesn't frighten me about the words that I don't know in the word. It frightens me, the words that I do know. And understand because when I stand before the Lord I'm going to be on my face with fear and trembling but because I've got the blood of Jesus on me I can stand before the Lord I can see the Lord because it says no one can see the Father no one can see God and that no one means many unrighteous but I've been made right by the blood of Jesus haven't I I've been made pure I'm, I'm spotless. I am, that's, what, that's what Colossians says. That I am spotless. I am holy. And above any reproach. Because he's already done it for me. And I've got great news for you. He's done it for you as well. You see, this body of people are going to take cities. And we don't want to be on any front newspaper. We don't want to be on any tabloid. We don't want any of that. We want to do it for the Lord. And then we'll start taking, we will start taking demonic strongholds. We'll start taking them down. Because what will happen, if you look in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, and I, I had the privilege of preaching this in Israel, in Jerusalem, you know, when it was the star of Bethlehem. And I, and I loved it because it was such a privilege to, 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 to preach this. But the Lord told me this. So I know, I know that it's coming from his mouth and it's not mine. But the Lord said, how many groups of people will there be? And I said, well, Lord, you told me there's going to be inner court, there's going to be outer court, and there's going to be a group of holy of holies. He said, how many groups of people are there in, the book of, in, in chapter 12 of the book of Revelation? And I knew that because I just read it. And this is where I was getting it all from, thinking, what on earth is happening? I said, well, Lord, there's three groups of people. He said, well, who are they? He said, well, there's the man-child, there's the woman, and then there's the rest of her offspring. He said, who's the man-child? And I know most commentaries will tell you that it's Jesus. It can't be Jesus. 
because John was told in Revelation 4, cha uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, come up here, John, <whistles> up here, because I want to show you things yet to come. These things haven't happened. And after chapter 4, there's no mention of the church. But there's a mention of a people. There's a mention of a body, a man-child, who will do great exploits for him. This man-child, what happens to it? She is born, she gives birth, and birth is painful. How many people have been through a painful time over these last two years, three years? It's been painful, but childbirth is painful. If you want to have something birth, there's a bit of pain involved in it, ladies. I know that because I watched my wife for 30-plus hours go through it. It's painful, but guess what? It's worth it at the end because something's birthed. And this man-child will be spirited. They will move in a spirit like you've never, ever heard of, ever in the church. We know this is already happening to churches. Whole churches going to heaven. Young kids getting into a chariot, just like Elijah did. A chariot came down for him. And this, we're going to get him here, by the way, the guy that teaches us translation. You know, if Philip can, can get from one side of the city to the other, why can't we? And then it's happening. We know it's happening. We know, we speak, we, we have relationship with these people. These are people we trust. These are people we love. Neville Johnson being one of them. Mark Johnson being the other. Joe Johnson. We love them as a family, but we know other people who are doing these things. Doing incredible things. One man, give you, I'll give you a little, one man, he's just loving on the Lord. He just loves on the Lord. And he just is, is he's in the Philippines. Just loving on the Lord, just singing his things. He's in the spirit. And then suddenly he turns around and the whole of the marketplace has just, <gasps> everything, people have got, it's like, <clears throat> just gone, just shocked. Totally shocked. And, he said, what are you looking at? He says, well, you've just walked through the wall. You just walked straight through that wall. He looked behind him, there was a wall. He just walked straight through it. Wasn't even aware of it. He was so much in the spirit. And he thought, I've got their attention. He preached them and led many to God. Many to the Lord. Many to the Lord. Here's another story. I want to tell you this one because it's going to blow your mind. Some of you are going to think, this is impossible. But I've got a God that can do the impossible. I've got a God that I'm not going to put in a box. I've got a God that can do whatever he wants to do. He is going to end this, and he's going to reside among his people, and I'm going to be one of them. Amen. Are you? Do you want to? We're on an exciting journey, folks. Let's not be, oh, I'm frightened. Oh, I don't know. I just did some bad things out there. But he that's in you is greater than he that's in this world. And you'll either believe it or you won't. Because faith comes from what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. So if we hear it, Revelation, if we hear it and we start doing it, he will back us up. He will back us up. But here's a story. Young man, and he knows, he's in, again in the Philippines, he knows he's been called to go and preach to the Muslims in Indonesia. You know, there's more Muslims in Indonesia than anywhere else in the world. 
It's a fierce place for a Christian. But he knows he's been called to go and preach the gospel to some villages that are way up in the mountains. So he goes to his uh, pastor. He says, Pastor, I'm, he says, go. We'll pray for you. We'll lay. He's only a young man, 19, 20 years old. And we met the guy that interviewed him. <laughs> right? Bruce. You were there? Bruce Allen. We met in Australia. And uh, uh, he knows this guy. But he, so this young boy gets his rucksack and he goes up into the hills and he starts preaching, preaching Jesus to a Muslim village. And the Muslim village go, hmm, that's nice, but can you shut up now? So after three days, they say, no, can you shut up now? And after the fourth day, they dragged him outside the village. They cut his head off. They didn't just cut his head off. They chopped his arms and his legs and they hung the body up. And then an old man came back into the village and he didn't know what had happened about a week later and he thought, ooh, what's that smell? And this rotting flesh was still hanging. He thought, that's not right for any human being. And he's a Muslim. So he, he decided to cut all the parts down and he dug a little pit and he put all the bits in the pit, covered it up the best he could and he went off and that was it. That night... That very night he was buried, the Lord put him back together again. And he walked back in the village. And then he preached the gospel. And the whole village got saved. I could, I could, I could be here all night telling you these stories. All night. The biggest revival that's going on. Do you know where it is? Don't say China because it isn't. Iran. There are many, 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 many thousands upon thousands of Muslims coming to the Lord. And guess what? They've never been preached to. Yes. We haven't got in the way. The Lord said, move over. I've got a better way. He started appearing to Muslims in dreams and visions and encounters. And many of them are coming to the Lord. And they're the most persecuted. Most persecuted. I, I, we, we saw a documentary by a guy called Joel Richardson. And I strongly recommend you watch it. Strongly. It, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted. But it's sheep among wolves. And it's talking about the Muslim people that are getting converted in the strictest Muslim countries. And it's amazing. But what brought me and Heidi to our absolute... We were bawling. Bawling. We, we were bawling. We were just crying because we were undone. When they were interviewing this, this lovely lady, and she, you know, she, she obviously lived in Iran, so they didn't see her face, and her, her voice was disguised by an actor. And they said to her, what would you do if these men came in and started raping you? Do you know what she said? This is not my body, but yours, Jesus. Do whatever you want with it. I think I'd be kicking and screaming. <laughs> I don't think I'd be saying that. But these people are so moved by the love of God, they're incapable of doing it. Here's another story. I'm not trying to frighten you. Oh, there he is. But folks... We're going to see a move of God where we won't taste death. Yeah. 
a body of people will not taste death. We will move into... We can't leave out the nasty parts of the word. We can't say, I'll have a bit of this, I'll only have the good of that, but I'll leave the bad out. We teach our son, who was 10 years old, what it is to be a martyr. And do you know what he says to me? He says, Daddy, I hope I go first, because I'll see you in heaven. He doesn't want to see us getting killed. And I say, yeah, you can go first. This is our conversation at the breakfast table. Because it's real. And we've got to be prepared for anything. We can't have the nice stuff. Because you tell that to the church in Syria. You tell that to the church in, in, uh, in, in Iraq. You tell that to these people that love the Lord and they had to watch their families being butchered. But guess what, folks? There is a body of people that will be the answer to all of this. And we will do great exploits for him. We will do amazing things for him. We will literally, guess what our job is? Guess what our job is? What happens to the woman in Revelation 12? She's spirited away and she's put into places, plural, to a desert where they nurture her and feed her and protect her for 1,260 days. That's three and a half years. They. Who's the they? The man-child. Our job is to get bodily areas, geographical areas, set up to prepare the bride. Where we will be completely and utterly protected. Where it does, because that's what the Bible says. That the devil spewed out his water from his mouth. And the earth swallowed it up. And couldn't reach the woman. Our job is to prepare the woman. Our job is to prepare what is this, this, this next wave of revival. All these people are going to be coming in. What are we going to teach them? We're not going to teach them how to say the Father's Prayer, even though that's important. We're not going to teach them the traditions of whatever. It's gone on for a thousand years because it ain't worked. We've got to teach them the real thing. We've got to teach them to be love and how to love. How to love the Father with all of their hearts, with all of their minds. How to love Jesus. How to love one another. I have seen some of the worst things happen on one Christian to another. I've seen it. We've seen it. Some of the most horrible things I've ever seen happen were Christian to Christian. Gossip, slander, this, that, I don't like that. Well, why? Is there anything more important about you? No, there's nothing more. We've got to be love. We've got to stop our gossip. God's going to deal with this leprous mouth of gossip and slander. And my, my folk here in Bushfire know this. I said, we get two things right. Yeah. Two things right. Loving the Lord with everything they've got. Mm-hmm. And to love and prefer one another. Deny ourselves. Pick our crosses up and follow him. Because why? Because it's our job that is going to be doing what it says in the book of Acts. 
it says to equip the saints for the greater works. Yeah. To equip the saints for the greater works. We're to teach and equip people to go higher and further than we've ever been before. They will get it. Some of these people that walk on these streets who have never graced church, don't know anything about church, have spat in this place, hate this place, they're going to become our raving evangelists. They're going to be put on fire for Jesus and they're going to run and they're going to say, give me the real thing. They're going to get it in three weeks, what has taken us 30 years. And they will run with it. But they have to be taught. Who's going to teach them? Anne will, Sheila will, Marie will, Marie will. We all all will. We'll teach them. We have to teach them the real thing. And that includes moving in the spirit. To move in the spirit realm. To see in the spirit realm. To to catch wind of what is of God and what isn't. Because the world's going to be deceived. You know there's going to be a great, great falling away huge falling away before the revival comes it says that in my book anyway I may touch on that a little bit or a lot but there is a great deceiving there is a great there is a great it says that even if it was possible the very elect would be deceived do you know what my prayer is every day father please don't let me be deceived don't let me be deceived because I only want to do what I see you doing. I only want to live out John 5.19. But we're about to do great things. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Then die. Die. Die to yourselves. Die to the big plans that you've got. I haven't got a pension plan. Because <laughs> guess what? I put my money where my mouth is. It's not stupidity. I just haven't prepared for a pension. Because it says in my Bible, if I seek him first, he'll look after me. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all of these things, you've got to read what things before Matthew 6.33. He looks after me and Heidi. We're staggered. Staggered how God looks after us. Why? Because we seek his kingdom first. Not our own. Not any of that. We're after him. And I want to have the Lord say to me, good and faithful servant in whom I'm well pleased. Come here, I want to give you a reward. Because there will be rewards at the same time of the judgment. The great white throne will come out and the judging of nations will go before his throne, the judging of people. But we will get our rewards. Here you go, because you've been faithful with these five, I'll give you five cities. Because you've been faithful with these ten cities, I'll give you these ten cities. What cities? Well, the cities in the thousand-year reign. Simple. It's really simple. Because we will rule and reign with him with a rod of iron. That means with authority. Little old me. Little old me. Do you know, my mother, who I, I love my mother. I, I had real problems with her growing up as a little child. I had real problems. 
and uh, won't go into them. But the Lord changed my heart so much, so much, that I forgave my mother. And I love her with all my heart. But when, I mean, she's now, because of the change that she saw in me, she thought, there's got to be a God. <laughs> That's a huge miracle. What's happened to him? And she gave her life to the Lord. And then my sister gave her life to the Lord. I'm just working on the other two now. You know, because of the difference they saw in my life. And that's the way it should be, shouldn't it? It's not about what we say, it's when we're spoken through. That's the difference. That's a big difference. But, you know, my mother went to, this might offend somebody, but she's now washed by the blood of Jesus. She's been forgiven. She's got no guilt. She's, she, even now, she's an ordained minister for the uh, United Reformed Church and runs the church and speaks in the church. And she's 88. 88 years old. She got snowed in on Sunday preaching in the church. She wondered why people were looking at the phones going... <laughs> they thought, was it that bad? But they got snowed in. And she was preaching. She thought, well, we've got a captive audience here. But she... <clears throat> She went to a, um, what do you call them? Um, oh, yeah. She went to a fortune teller when, you know, I was just a little baby. And this fortune teller said, one of your family is going to become a person of God. Because they see in the spirit. They can see some truth, not all the truth. And she laughed at it. And she used to ridicule me, ridicule me, unkindly, as a little boy saying, you're that man of God. You're going to be in church. You're going to be doing this. Oh, holy one. And they would start saying, Kumbaya, my Lord. Every time I went out of the house, I got fed up of it. Kumbaya, my Lord. And then the family, my sister used to, Oh, here he comes, the religious guy. The man of God, you know. But hasn't God had the last laugh? Yeah. Yeah. You're not laughing now. <laughs> But, you know, I want to tell you this. I'm going to finish. You know, I haven't, I haven't preached any of my notes. I, yeah, it's a good way. But the thing is, I, I, I prepared this four times. I prepared one talk, and the Lord said, no, don't want that. I said, okay, Lord, so that's all right. Prepared, don't want that. Four times, and now he's done it again. That's good. But here it is. Everyone know the wedding feast. You know, the mother says, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he says. And Jesus said, it's not my time, woman. I had an interesting conversation with a Catholic this week. And I said, why did Jesus always address his mother as woman? Why did he? Because Jesus knew that people would be praying through the name of Mary and was saying to the world, she's only a woman. Only a woman. It's funny that, and that's just one out there for free. But... Uh, what happened in that wedding? The waiters ran out of wine. And in the custom of the Jewish wedding feast, they bring the best wine out to the last, uh, at first. So as the party goes on, they don't notice how rank the wine is. And by the way, it was alcohol. You know, Jesus drunk it. Um, let's not get religious. But, you know, when Jesus, the mother goes and says, run out of wine, she says, what do you want me to do, woman? It's not my time. But he said, go and fill them up with all water. Ten huge jars of, of water. And they turn into wine. 
And it says when they taste the wine, my word, this, I thought that you meant to save, you meant to have the best wine at the beginning. We've got it at the end. Prophetically, that's declaring that God has his best wine, you and me, for last. For you and me, for last. So don't despair what happened yesterday. Don't let what the yesterdays stop you from moving into the t- tomorrows. Yes? And I don't care what's happened to you. Honestly. I don't care. We could sit down and, and we could weep with what's happened to you. You could weep with what's happened to me. But guess what? <gasps> I'm his. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I'm not judged. So I've got no reason to judge. I've got no, I cannot hold on to any unforgiveness because I've been forgiven much. And all I want to do is love. All I want to do is become like him and love my friends better. Love those people that are the unlovables even better. And that's our job, folks. Because we've got our responsibility of bringing in a huge fold. And it's going to be the greatest move that the church ages have ever seen. If you want to know the reference for that, look in Isaiah 25, verse 30. It says that we will shine greater with seven days, meaning the seven ages of the churches. All together, we're going to shine brighter. You ready for that? Yeah. You ready? Yousef, are you ready? This is our time, mate. Congratulations, Yousef. He had a lovely baby girl with his wife this last week. Third one. Uh, it's third, third child. Third. Third one. Third girl. No, second girl. Second girl. See, I know these things, Heidi. I'm a pastor. So they got three child. <laughs> Meet Heidi. <laughs> But folks, I want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you. Please, don't go here saying, that was just a load of baloney. I'm saying no, this is from the word of God. Check it out. But the men of old who have done great exploits for the Lord, just read about some of the things they did. And we're going to shine seven times brighter. So it's, and you know, can I, can I tell you something? Most of the church... The Pentecostal, charismatic churches are going to reject this next move of God. Because always the revival before will reject the new. Because this is what the Lord said to me. He said, I'm about to pour my new wine into new wineskins. And I'm thinking, Lord, I'm 57 years old. There's a bit of an old wineskin now. But he said, no. Do you know what it means? Do you know what the new wineskin is? It's the new way of doing things. It's not the old way of doing things. It's the new way of doing things. And I'm not saying go and do it just without four walls. Don't try and do it without church. Don't try and do it out of relationship with other Christians. Because it won't work. Because didn't Jesus, when when he said, tell this to the seven churches... Well, if you weren't in the church, how are you going to hear? I strongly encourage you, strongly encourage you to find a church that is on fire for Jesus.
that Jesus is at the fore and the foremost of everything that we do, find it and stick in it. Because this is our greatest time when there is deep darkness coming on this world. Light will penetrate that darkness. Light, you and me. With such light, it says in the Bible that every human being will come to that light and they'll get your counsel, which is his. This is our time, church. This is our time. And I love my friends from London who have come up. I thank you for taking the time and the effort to come all that way from London and further afield. But I want to thank you and I want to welcome you. We love you. You're part of our family here. You know, you're part of us. And we love you. We genuinely love you. Um, because I want to encourage you. This is your time. This is your time. This is your new beginnings. And I will bring out towards Friday and Saturday the prophetic message that the Lord has shown me and just take you through some of it. But it's so encouraging. I want to encourage you. This is the time of new beginnings. Many of us are going to see a shift happen at the end of this April. We're going to see a shift Suddenly, you're going to have a circumstance that you've been trying to deal with here year after year and it's going to change in an instant. We've seen that happen with a friend, some friends of ours, didn't we? Just this week. We had a conversation with them a couple of days ago on Skype. Yeah, sorry, yes, you've been very busy. Very busy. But they have seen a significant, significant shift in something that they have never thought they would see. Just saw it overnight yeah. after we prayed with them. Yeah. Because guess what? <laughs> Our tongue will either do what? Bring life or death. That's right. So here it is. Proverbs 4. This is my medicine three times a day. Proverbs 4. Where it says, Remember my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Keep it close to your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart because it will be life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. What's the them? It's the word. It's the word of God. And we have faith by hearing and hearing by the word. I take that medicine three times a day now. I'm not on any painkillers. I'm not on any, any medication whatsoever. I refuse to, not being stupid, but I'm going to God first. I'm going to him. He's my healer. He's my healer. He's the one that says that I will heal all flesh. That means including everything. So if you're struggling with illness or sickness, I want you to stand up. If you are suffering with any illness, anxiety, um, I feel that there's, there's a lot of anxious thoughts in here. There's a lot of anxious about life. But if you are struggling in health, in mind, or body, then I want you to stand up. Listen, I need it. I need a new knee. I need cartilage. I need to have a knee replacement. But I want it coming from heaven. There's a storeroom in heaven that I can reach up to and pull it down. Because 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if God says that this is healing to all flesh, it means all flesh. If we incline our ears to it, it means all flesh. So if you, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to pray a very short prayer over you. I'm not going to lay hands. I'm not going to have any music. We want it dry because I want the Holy Spirit to touch. I don't want emotions stirred up. I want none of that. Sleep apnea. I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. You will sleep and you will get the best rest that you have had. I now cut off every anxious thought here about the future. The Lord has got you in his hands. He has covered you in the tabernacle of his nest. He has covered you with his wings. Father, I rebuke now every illness in this place, every disability, whether it be cancer or the cold. I don't care, but you do, Lord. And Lord, I, put, I just command now, I release healing in this place because I felt this is what the Lord wanted to do when we were worshipping, is to release healing. So put your hand wherever that is that you need healing. Listen, I, I started having to wear glasses. I'm going to cover my ears and my, and my eyes. I want to see straight. I don't want to have glasses. If you've got something, if you've got, how many people have got pain in their heads or ears? All oh, right, yeah, I can feel, right, okay, quite a few of you. I rebuke that spirit. I rebuke that spirit of distress. I rebuke that spirit of depression upon you right now. I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that whispering and lying demon to stop whispering in your ear. That's some of the problem, that you've had a demon whispering into your ear. I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus, and I command it out of this place. The spirit of disability, the spirit of, of, that is stopping people having perfect vision, I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus, and I pray now that we will have 2020 vision. <coughs> Deaf and dumb spirits that are affecting ears out now in the name of Jesus. Has anybody here got tinnitus? I rebuke tinnitus now in the name of Jesus on you, Caroline. On who else? Liz, Ian. I rebuke tinnitus now, and I pray now that the Holy Spirit will blow into your ears and you'll hear the voice of God. I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. Arthritis. I rebuke arthritis in the backs, in the knees, in the hips, and in every joint. I rebuke it now. You have no right to be there. Out now in the name of Jesus. Arthritis. And Father, I rebuke any sickness in this place. I rebuke any sickness of gut infection or sinus infection, anything like that of infection. I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. And young lady, you are to stop listening to the lies that have been said over your life. You have had some very harsh words being said, and that's why you've been struggling. 
You've been struggling to hear what the Lord is saying over you. But he is saying that you are a beautiful, beautiful creation made in his image. That you weren't a lie. You weren't, you were meant to happen. And the words of men and of women have tried to stop you becoming the woman of God that you are called to be. So arise, Ruth. Arise the Deborah in you. Arise and fight and shine for the Lord. And we break off every curse that has ever been said in your life, that has been said over you, that has been said above you and around you. We rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. Every bit of it was being a lie from Satan. And we rebuke it and cast it down into the pits of hell. Every demonic influence that has been on you, to telling you that you have no value, the Lord says you are of great value. You are of great value and then greatly loved, greatly loved by the one who created you. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that. I'm speaking to the women now. I want the Ruths and the Debras to arise. This is our time. This is your time to arise and shine, to fight the fight, to be equipped. I see, I see shields being handed to people. Helen, I see a shield being given to you right now that is going to defend you, and you're going to be able to defend others with the shield, that when the fiery arrows of Satan coming to destroy others' lives, you will step in. And I see your friend on your right, she's been given a helmet, a helmet to tell people about the salvation and the good news of the kingdom of God that is at hand. I see some women being given new robes and jewellery of great worth. And it's the Lord of great renown that has been clothing you and covering you. I see new white cloaks being put on you women. The cloak of righteousness and of justice, but also the cloak of mercy and of grace being given to you right now. I see intercession. I see cloaks of intercession being placed on, on some of the ladies here. I see some of the men being given new mantles that have never been seen before. This isn't an old mantle. This is a new mantle that has been placed on you and in your life to do great exploits. I see the covering. I've just seen the mighty men of valor walk in from the back. They have literally just appeared through there and they're standing and they're saying, oh, we will cover you in the day of your battle. You will not fight this fight alone, but we will cover you. We will teach you how to fight. We will teach you how to go in the spirit. We will arm you. You will do great exploits in different parts of this earth. I will send to you. I have great things for you right now. And that <clears throat> I see a guy called Akia. And Akia was a bowman. And he is pulling out of his shaft. And these are arrows. These represent you. These are the ones that have been shaved and have been completely um, made straight. And he's taken all the notches off. And he's about to fire you into places you have never been before. So thank you. Thank you. And just above us is a banner and it says new beginnings. This is the time of new beginnings. This is the 5778. 
of new beginnings. The old will not do, but the new has come. And I'm telling you now, your daughter, your lovely daughter, they're in this. They're in this. They've been born for this. They have been born for this time. Born for this time. And everything that has come against you has tried to stop you recognising that you have been born for this time. So I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray now, <clears throat> give each and every one of us here dreams and visions like we have never had before. And I break that Masonic curse over your household. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break every curse that has been said from a little blue book. I break it now in the name of Jesus. I break it over your husband, Peter, in the name of Jesus. It is Peter, isn't it? I break it now in the name of Jesus. Every Masonic curse that he has said, we break it off him. You are the woman of that house. You are the saviour of that house. And it's upon your head. So Lord, we pray, as you go into your house, you bless every corner of it. And you say, this house is a house of the Lord. And we break every part of witchcraft that has ever been uttered in that place, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we call them out of darkness and into your light. Into your light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. New beginnings. New breakthroughs. New breakthroughs. I see walls, strong, fortified walls of Jericho. As you sing and praise and worship before the Lord, these walls will come down. And I want to speak to anybody here who's got a a spirit of heaviness. If you have a spirit of heaviness, turn up the volume on your praise and worship because the spirit of heaviness will lift off. <clears throat> and I know some of you have got husbands that don't love the Lord. But put a time and a date on it where they will love the Lord and then pray it in. You're women of faith but I ask the Lord to bless you, to keep you, to give you dreams and visions and encounters like you have never had before. I know somebody who has had a visitation from Zechariah, because the book of Zechariah is an end time book, and they have been taught from the book of Zechariah by the person who wrote it. I'm saying to them, please teach me. <laughs> Please tell me, Zechariah 12 and 14. Wow. But I believe that some of us will have encounters with the prophets of old. Happened to Daniel. Don't, don't worship me. I'm just a man like you. He was a prophet. I believe Daniel appeared to John. But Lord, I pray for that to happen because we need all the help. We pray, Lord, that we will have encounters with your cloud of witnesses. We'll have encounters with your prophets to help us prepare for this time. In Jesus' name. Please, if you do have an encounter, let us know. <laughs> please. If you get a dream or a vision, please let us know. 
You know, if you see a sudden shift of circumstance, please let us know. Because it's not easy being up here and you're just doing this. And, you know, it's, it's to encourage the body, isn't it? We're to encourage one another all the more. We're to spur one another on to what? Love and good deeds. All the more as we see the day of is coming. But bless you. We start at 9.30 tomorrow. Can I make it a Yes, of course you can. Do you want the mic?